I think it's I think it's a sucky situation that Florida State's in. It you know, and I, I I feel it for FSU fans too. They're like, what in the world is going on? You know, you don't don't even get to really celebrate an ACC championship. Mm-hmm. That's just thrown out the door, and now you've got some of your key players and some young studs like Rodney Hill saying that they want to lead the program. It sucks. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear. Go nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from here, the Spirit, presented to you by NoGameDay.com. We are here live on a feeling a little bit better, maybe wonderful, fantastic Wednesday evening. We're here nonetheless, and we've got a lot to talk about this evening. Man, oh, man, oh, man. It seems like this is going to be the start of what should be a pretty entertaining offseason, even though we're not officially in the offseason yet for Florida State football. But uh, quite a bit of stuff happening left and right with the transfer portal. Florida State's got a big-time recruiting class. They're trying to bring in transfer targets. We're talking top transfer quarterbacks, two of them coming into Tallahassee this weekend to visit Mike Norvell and the Seminoles. We're going to talk Marvin Jones Jr., who was for Florida State, went to Georgia. He's now entered the NCAA transfer portal, so we'll be discussing that as well. We're going to talk about DJ Lundy, of course. He just posted just a little bit ago. It always seems to be that way, setting us up with some good topics, as always. But DJ Lundy actually tweeting that he intends on entering the NCAA transfer portal. We're going to talk Malcolm Ray, who also says that he's intending on entering the transfer portal. And then at the end, we're going to talk some recruiting with a uh, big weekend ahead. And then also, too, at the very end, we're going to talk a little bit of some FSU basketball and what the future lies under Leonard Hamilton and the basketball squad. But with me this evening is Austin Vizi, our lead basketball writer, sick as well. And then yeah. uh, down below is our editor-in-chief, Dustin Lewis. Gentlemen, how are we feeling a week, another week to maybe just maybe start feeling better? Or is that uh, anger and rage still in you guys? I, I don't know what's going away. I don't know if anyone read Austin's column, but one week later, the and some change now, the anger over Florida State snub not fading uh around the country it's been pretty impressive but i don't i don't know if austin's sick or if he's just sick of watching florida state basketball the last couple of weeks uh it's been a crazy time with you got the transfer portal stuff going on high school recruiting the early signing day uh starts early signing period starts one week from today in florida state trying to hold on to some guys and add a couple more down the stretch then at the same time you got bowl game preparations going on we'll be back out at practice next week as you know the Seminoles get ready to face Georgia in the Orange Bowl and before we know it we'll all be up there in uh, 
Fort Lauderdale. Well, I guess down there in Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. I, I'm both sick because of the current weather situation in North Carolina, where it went from 60 degrees to 20 degrees in like two days. And I'm also just sick of all the bullshit between basketball and Kirk Street and everything else. I'm just over it. <laughs> this is the it. most I've had from VZ Cuss in a while. I don't know. I had nothing to do with it. It's not me, but <laughs> VZ had a rough stretch here. But yeah, we're we're in the thick of it, man. Like it, even though Florida State's preparing for a bowl game, we obviously didn't expect for it to be of this kind of caliber where Florida State isn't going to get in the college football playoffs, and then they got to go face you know a, a really really talented and well coached team under Kirby Smart with Georgia. But then you're also dealing with all this transfer portal craziness in Florida State, like you said, Dustin, trying to hold on to these top-tier recruits in their class. Then you've also, you know, dip in some drama in there with Florida State's players that you would think would be competing against Georgia in just a couple of weeks in Miami, announcing their intentions of entering the transfer portal just to stir up a few things. We're going to jump into that discussion here in just a minute. But as always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, if you're on YouTube right now. Make sure you hit that like button. It would uh, be much appreciated. It goes out to more FSU fans. Get some in here to help give us some topics and discuss in the comments. But make sure you subscribe to on your YouTube. We'll have tons of content while down there in Miami as we get you guys prepared for Florida State's Orange Bowl against the Bulldogs. Uh, gentlemen, let's jump right into it. I think everybody here came in early to, uh, you know, see what, what, what our thoughts and, and maybe our discussion would be on with DJ Lundy. Uh, he tweeted. Well, breaking, just, we have another one, actually. Rodney Hill just put out on Twitter that he's going to be entering the transfer portal right now. Wow. Look at that. Here we go. This is just as fun as it gets. I'll try to uh, bring up that tweet right here. You know, it's only this happens so many times on this show. So you just kind of get our raw reactions. But D. Lou, let's let's speak on this one, because this is a kid that you are very, very high on. Um, And I am, too. You know, just watching him in practice and you see his play style and the way that he runs. Um, here's what Rodney Hill just tweeted live. Uh, he said, I want to thank my coaches and FSU for bringing me in much love to all my teammates and the strength staff and trainers that have worked with me while I've been here, but I will be entering the transfer portal. Um, and then let me let's just go over to DJ Lundy's real quick because I think there's a lot of similarities between these and also Pat Payton's from last week. But DJ Lundy tweeting, uh, Null Nation, it's always been my dream to play at FSU. It's been a blessing to be able to play at this wonderful university. This decision hasn't been easy, but after much thought and prayer, I've decided that it will be best for me, for my career to enter the transfer portal. So... Here we are at a pretty interesting spot for Florida State. Two potential guys that, you know, definitely Lundy, a veteran guy, expected to be a starter in 2024, and also Rodney Hill, who would be fighting for that number one spot going into next season with Trey Benson moving on from the program after this season. What are, what are we dealing with here? You know, just go ahead with that, and I'm going to make sure that – uh we have an article going for that. I'm sure you've already checked too, Dustin. Yeah, I was mentioning that in Discord, but I think it's just uh, this is where we're at now in this current age of college football with NIL and everything. And 
you know, we're at the point where players can renegotiate each offseason. I think when a guy's potentially not getting the number that he wants, um, having this ability to enter the transfer portal and see what's out there while also still being able to communicate with Florida State is something that's very attractive um, for guys, you know, you look at Patrick Payton, maybe last week, Florida State's not projected to return a ton of depth up there up front in 2024. And he has every right to go out and negotiate um, for a higher number. And same thing with DJ Lundy. You're going to be losing some linebackers after this season. Uh, you look at Rodney Hill's situation, Trey Benson is going to be moving on, maybe some more guys in that backfield. So I think that's just uh, that's just where we're at right now in, in the current age of the sport. Yeah, DJ seems more like an NAL play, like just like we've been seeing with Pat Payton and kind of like we um, projected might happen with Josh Farmer and a couple other guys. <clears throat> I just think that's what the situation is there. Obviously, there's it just happened like 30 minutes ago. So a lot of information still coming out there. The Rodney Hill news doesn't surprise me. I think I even said last week I wouldn't be surprised to see someone from this room in the portal because it's a stacked room. It just really is. There's so much talent and you know, we all trust Ravel. Rodney, though, but for Rodney. Yeah, Rod- Rodney is tough. Like, obviously, he's a great player. I've called him Baby Pacheco a few times on this podcast, but I had a feeling someone might go as much as we don't want it to happen. And, you know, he may not even leave. It's I think a lot of this is NIL. I'm not saying it is with Rodney. I'm not saying it is with DJ. It's just what we're speculating right now. Yeah. And it, it, it should be noted with Pat Payton that he has deleted all the tweets about him entering the portal unretweeted all the stuff so uh, i i think it's way too early to react on a lot of this stuff it's different uh, for it everybody fine for fine for i mean it's it's college football free agency that's where we're at you know we're now really in the first third year of this where you know you're getting all the kind of hey you got agents per se talking with you and giving you some some opinionated uh, ideas of, Hey, you put this out, you go hear from also other schools as well, but you can't necessarily do that. Of course, if, if you want to be, you can cheat the system a little bit, but you don't enter your name until a, into the NCAA transfer portal. There's another one too, that we need to mention Malcolm Ray, Florida state's defensive tackle, who has had a really nice season for Florida state this year um has you know announced to enter the transfer portal too but like you said austin in the production meeting hasn't officially put his name in there either and Mm -hmm. pat payton hasn't either like you were saying so what are we you know it's quite obvious of what's going on here and you know what sucks about it though is that you've got a you got a you got a bowl game in a couple weeks and, and you're playing a big time program in georgia which i think is um really diminishes the opportunity for some of these players, even like guys like, you know, Pat Payton that I think too would look, would be great for him to get on film, see what he can do against a Georgia offensive line of that talent. Or, you know, also too a guy like Rodney Hill here, you know, get some reps, you know, if Trey Benson isn't a full go, like he, you know, he wasn't a full go in that ACC championship, go out there and put some game film on against a top tier uh, program like Georgia. Um, and, you know, Malcolm Ray, there, there's a there's a handful of guys that I think Florida State, you know, not even these guys enter the transfer portal, but there's maybe guys that are thinking about heading into the NFL, like a Keon Coleman or even to Johnny Wilson, you know, having that extra game 
and show and film against a really talented team could do you some do you some good. I understand you'll have the senior bowl opportunities or you'll have, you know, of course, the NFL combine. But uh, to be on that national stage in the Orange Bowl in New Year's Six, I, I think says a lot. And I think they're really missing out th- these kind of opportunities. But specifically for these guys right here, uh, it's all NIL related. And they're seeing these guys. We talked about it last week with Battles End. Guys are getting signed. Guys are getting signed. But everybody's getting probably a different number. Um, you know, I don't know how that seriously goes down and, and contracts and such. But they're 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 seeing what their options are outside of you know what they would possibly get at, at Florida State. But it's just kind of really. I just wonder what goes on in Mike Norbell's head and and the coaching staff. You know, they've done everything right and they've you know f- done what they need to do to fix the culture in there. But what does this do? to your teammates and like, do I really want to go play in this bowl game? Do I want to play against Georgia? Like what is the mindset now? And you've gone on a roller coaster of a ride where Florida state just got done winning ACC championship. You, you were fighting so much last year just to reach 10 wins for the program. And then you go in the next year and you go undefeated 13. zero. yes, you get snubbed from the college football playoff, but you won an ACC championship. And now just not even like 24 hours later, guys already ready to leave the program. And it's about money, you know, like it's easy just to, I don't know. It's a, it's a, I think it's, I think it's a sucky situation that Florida state's in it, it you know, and I, I, I feel it for FSU fans too. They're like, what in the world is going on? You know, you don't, don't even get to really celebrate an ACC championship. Mm-hmm. That's just thrown out the door. And now you've got some of your key players and some young studs like Rodney Hill saying that they want to lead the program. It sucks. It's not a fun situation to be in. And, you know, hopefully this gets handled a little bit easier because you're seeing Fabo, you know, quote, tweet DJ Lundy, you know, wishing him the best and such. And you could definitely t- see some of his teammates vying for him to go get those opportunities and the, and the money side of things. But it's a it's a wild stage of college football that we're in right now, gentlemen. It's tough. It's crazy that Florida State's got a bowl game in less than 20 days and you know, at this point, it's still pretty fluid with who's still going to be on the roster and who's actually going to play in that game against Georgia, where, like you said, Logan, I mean, you know, it's been now 10 days since Florida State won the ACC championship and was snubbed from the college football playoff. And, you know, it looked like they had everything in front of them, but now everything's come to a halt like this just so quickly. It's hard to uh, it's hard to wrap your head around, but at the same time, you know, with the transfer portal and the introduction of NIL, this is just kind of open the doors for college football to go in this direction and allow people to negotiate on their own terms. And, you know, I, I can see how if a transfer comes into a certain program and earns a big roll out of the gate and a big paycheck, how maybe it would miff some guys who have been there from the beginning, like a DJ Lundy or a Patrick Payton or Rodney Hill, who all signed with Florida State out of high school to join this program rather than transferring in. And yeah, just, it allows where we're at just creates these scenarios. It allows for it to happen. I think a lot of it could be fixed. I know a lot of people have been saying what can be done. Like what, why do we keep letting this happen? I think a lot of it can be fixed by pushing some of these dates back, like pushing early signing day and just other transfer portal back to maybe the first week of January instead of, you know, mid-December. I think that's what caused a lot of this chaos, and that'll get bowl games to mattering again because people are going to want to get that last game on film instead of entering now, and they don't have to play in that bowl game. I get there's some stuff with, you know, they want to get their first spring football. It's easier when 
you know, there's not a semester going on. I get it, but I just I feel like it'd be a much better situation for college football if you wait until after all the bowl games have been played. Mm-hmm. Scheduling could definitely help in that regard. But, you know, for Florida State's sake and what they're having to prepare for, but, you know, also, too, a lot of coaches back on the road, you know, visiting with players. It seems like, you know, a key factor in this, a lot of the coaches out on the road during the weekdays, middle of the week, and then the coaches get back home on the weekend. And we saw some things clear up with uh, Pat Payton. He hasn't officially entered the NCAA transfer portal. Um, and, you know, these these coaches sitting down with the players, I think, clean up some things as well. But then, it, you know, you also got to go to the NIL route and, and what, you know, fixes things on that end. But for Rodney Hill, you know, I'm seeing a comment in here uh, about, you know, from on YouTube about, you know, a bunch of mid leaving. Rodney Hill ain't mid. Eh, that, that's a concern for me for Florida State losing one of their top talented future running backs. That's a that's a that's not a good place to be in whatsoever. Um, Florida State went to Rodney Hill quite a bit throughout the season too, gentlemen, uh, because he was the only one that was able to, yeah, uh, you know, find his groove in a game and uh, be their best running back of the day. And Rodney Hill was was called upon in a lot of those games. Um, but that's a, that's a concerning thing. And I, I understand Lundy, he's kind of in that same group of guys that, you know, we saw from last year with Farmer and, and Daryl Jackson, that there's a defensive side of group that are looking to get more out of, you know, more than, you know, they, they evaluate themselves a little bit higher and they're willing to test the waters and risk it for a biscuit almost. Um, but for, for Rodney Hill, that's, that's a, that's a cruddy situation that, you know, Coach Yak and, and that Florida State uh, coaching staff is having to deal with at the moment. It's shocking, and it's a big blow to uh, that room, especially with us thinking that Trey Benson probably going to move on to the NFL um, after this season, and that would mean Rodney Hill in line to play a pretty big role for Florida State in 2024 with uh, Lawrence Toa Philly expected back in the fold. You know, we saw Kaiseya Holmes sign a deal with Just Win Management a couple days ago. It looks like he's trending towards a return to Florida State uh, next season. He's still got Samuel Singleton in the fold. But now to have Benson, Rodney Hill, and C.J. Campbell all transfer out or, or go to the NFL in this short of a span, uh, it's it's really tough. You do have Cam Davis and Makai Danzi coming in. You've got to wonder now, does this have Florida State potentially kick the tires on a running back in the transfer portal to add an influx of experience immediately? Like we've already seen them have success uh, with Benson in the past and also Ja'Shawn Corbin, but it definitely changes the dynamic a ton. And, you know, we expected Florida State to be a little bit more selective, I think, in the transfer portal this go around. But now with some of these unexpected departures and entries, and we'll see if they actually officially get in the portal, Florida State might be going hunting a little longer than they anticipated. I, I Maybe I'm in the minority. I'm not that concerned if he does leave. I really like Isaiah Holmes. I really like Lawrence Philly. And, you know, granted, Sam Singleton only played in a quarter of a game, but there's definitely some potential there. And Cam Davis is a guy I think you have to get on the field right away. So I'm not that concerned about it. We all like Rodney Hill here, but as I just said, I really trust Norvell when it comes to running back evaluations. And if he decides that it's best for Rodney Hill to move on, I think the running back room is plenty talented enough. I think, you know, Mike Norvell, he evaluates talent 
one of the best in the country putting running backs in the room. Jordan Travis just tweeted with a interesting emoji. I don't know what that is showing up here on uh, tweet deck, but uh, let's see what he's got here. Probably shocked. And I was about to mention, (laughs) I was about to mention too, a lot. It seems like a majority of these guys that are tweeting this, they have not sat down with a coach about it. You know, this is all decided on their own end. I don't think he's sat down with the coach and I'm, I'm, not not confirmed or anything, but a lot of these seem like this is kind of all right, you know, just made up the decision on your own type of deal. Hasn't had a full on discussion with the coaching staff, and we usually will see that cleared up. It's usually around the middle of the week where things like this happen. Coaching staff is in near or in Tallahassee, and then get back and and things are cleared up. Uh, but yeah, Jordan Travis, a little little shock there by Ronnie Hill entering the transfer portal. But yeah, I mean, you know. Mike Norell does a great job in that running back room. And there is some guys that have shown some upside, but the player that's shown the most upside is Rodney Hill. And, you know, he's intending on entering the transfer portal. And uh, you've got a strong and talented, really good running back coming in this next class with Cam Davis specifically, and another one too, in that running back room. But, you know, it's, uh, it's just something – Something to uh, it's it's like a lot of these. It's just something to monitor at the moment, type of deal. Until those names officially enter the transfer portal, you're kind of just you know waiting to see. You know, like I just said, the coaching staff is able to sit down with these guys and, and clear some things up uh, because because it sure isn't about to me at least for Rodney, definitely not for Pat Payton, but and definitely not for Lundy. It's not about playing time here. Um, it's just about getting those opportunities and 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 and, and getting the uh, getting the cash. And we'll see what happens. Eventually, Norvell is going to set the precedent that hey, you can ask for all you want, you can leave if you want. I don't care. <laughs> I think that point's coming because yeah. you know there's only so much money. I, I get battles ends between all the stuff about hey, we're getting such and such donations. We've been getting such great support from the fan base. It's not infinite. Eventually, you're going to have to let some guys go and say hey, sorry. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Just it's a fluid situation, and I think it would it would hurt Florida State to lose you know not only three running backs this offseason, but you think back to Treshawn Ward a year ago. That's four experienced backs um, moving on from the program, and you're gonna have to replace them with guys who have who don't have as much experience in the system, like Kaiseya, like Samuel Singleton, Cam Davis, Makai Danzi. You're gonna have Lawrence Toa Philly back, but just that experience in the system and being able to learn under. Coach Norvell and Coach Yak and Coach Atkins and getting the new the nuances of the offense and the system down, I think, is a huge part of why these running backs have had success. And you know, we'll see we'll see how where it goes from here. Let's uh, talk about some transfer portal. Florida State might be keeping a close eye on. We know there's a few names that are already visiting uh, Tallahassee, and we're going to start in that quarterback room. Some talented guys coming in with some well experience. On the college football level, we're going to start with Washington State's Cam Ward. We were told uh, today uh, that Cam would be visiting Florida State um, early kind of this weekend. So something to watch. Uh, Florida State, you know, looking into 2024, probably want to bring in a veteran quarterback. And, you know, with Jordan Travis leaving now, uh, now it opens up a spot to where Florida State can probably bring in an immediate uh, quarterback that, you know, understands and if they can get down the system of, of Mike Norvell can probably find some better fluidity offensively earlier on than, you know, maybe pushing in a younger player or rolling back to a Tate Rodemaker, um, 
and you could still see, you know, Brock Glenn, you got Luke Romanhock coming into that 2024 class, but do you want to bring in a, a veteran transfer quarterback? And it seems like Florida State, yes, they, they, they want to do that. And so they're bringing in Cam Ward and also DJU from Oregon State, former Clemson quarterback. Florida State knows about DJU quite a bit. Uh, didn't get to see a whole ton of playing time actually being benched there. Uh, Debo Sweeney um, kind of switching the quarterback room up there. And so he ended up intending on entering the transfer portal to Oregon State, which he did. Um, but I'm going to bring up some stats from both of those quarterbacks, but thoughts on both of them. We were talking about in the production meeting and, you know, kind of just trying to figure out what would, who would fit the best in this offense and also got to compare two different kind of weapons that these guys would be coming in to deal with um, rather than, you know, what they had at Washington state and Oregon state. It's an interesting dynamic for sure. I think this is a move that Florida state makes, you know, adding a transfer quarterback, this is definitely a one-year deal, and you bring in someone that can help the program a ton in 2024 while uh, Brock Glenn and Luke Cromanhawk continue to develop. It's kind of like a bridge, and then you go into 2025, I think, and that's going to be the year Cromanhawk and Glenn battle it out for the starting job. But um, DJ Uilagle and um, Cam Ward are <laughs> two, two, of the best, two of the best uh, transfers. that. Yeah, whatever. Two of the best transfers on the market. You called him DJ Ukulele before. We're gonna have to bring yeah, that, that was, back yeah, up. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. If he if he ends up choosing Florida State, we're gonna have to bring That's that. DJ back DJ U, like but... I said, I'm not even gonna give it a shot. I don't it's, care. It's, it's Uwe Ungalale. Wow, that is yeah. not how I would have expected. But two of the best <laughs> options on the market. Two guys that are really experienced. You know, you look at DJ and Florida State. They've got a ton of familiarity there facing him in 21 and 22, where. He was able to lead Clemson to victories over the Seminoles, one in Tallahassee, one in Death Valley. And, you know, he's played in the ACC before, had a pretty good year over there in Oregon State, a a career high in passing yards and and, in yards per attempt, 21 touchdowns to seven INTs. And I think there's a lot of potential there that Florida State could potentially tap with uh, Tony Tokars and Mike Norvell and Alex Atkins working with him for a year. And Cam Ward, you know, dominated the Pac-12 for – much of the last two years, put up some really good stats at Washington State, um, beat Wisconsin this year, beat Oregon State, very close loss to Washington. And they're just two very talented talented players, and they would both fit into what Florida State wants to do. Yeah, we, we're having a debate about them between – or before the before we started the podcast. Dustin would rather have DJ. I think I'd rather have Cam Ward. But it's one of those that Ward, I think, has the higher ceiling, whereas DJ has the higher floor. No matter who Norvell rocks with, we're going to be supportive of them, obviously. And we trust them to make the right decision. I'm just, I'm not convinced DJ's that guy. I, I'm really not. They really relied on the run game last this past year at Oregon State, which granted, I think Florida State will as well. But all this narrative of he took such a massive step forward this season at Oregon State from where he was at Clemson, I just didn't see it. His stats are pretty similar. His interception rate is slightly higher. But he did throw less attempts and had a p- higher pass rating. But they were too similar to what he did at Clemson. We were all trashing him at Clemson. So we'll see. Norvell is going to get the best out of them no matter who he decides to get. I just think Ward just – I think he's just going to be a better playmaker. I just think that's who he is. I know he didn't win that much at Washington State last year. But as we just saw on that screen, a lot of those losses were close. It wasn't like he was getting blown out every game, take away the Arizona game. But like you said, he was in the game against – Washington. He was close against Cal. He was close in all of these games. And if you get him a better team around him, 
I think he could be a sex- successful quarterback in a, in a good system. I think there's pro there's pros and cons, you know, with both players. DJ obviously would be going into his fifth year in the FBS and has played in a ton of big games. I think everyone thinks back to it's been years, but everyone thinks back to that performance he had against Notre Dame on the road where, I mean, mm-hmm. he was just absolutely prolific. Like the talent is there for him to turn into a potentially special player. And we've seen the way that, and they had more than one year to work with him, but what Mike Norvell and Tony Tokars and Atkins and that coaching staff were able to do with Jordan Travis throughout his time in Tallahassee um, and to develop him insane. And you got to think if they're able to do something similar with DJ, he could unlock a big part of his game. And Cam Ward, I mean, a, a great player as well. But, you know, this is a spot Forest State could potentially get into a bidding war with Miami. And I'm not sure that's something you want to go down. But having both these guys able to get into Tallahassee over the next couple next couple of days, I think Forest State's going to do its part to make a big impression here and try and get at least one of them to lock down before they end up departing. If it does end up being DJ, I'm either going to have a lot of content this next season. I'll be tweeting that ukulele video out every game for for the next month or I'm or for the next season, or I'm going to have a lot of crow to eat. Either way, I'll be here for it. Like, like I'm going to trust Norvell and Tokars and that staff no matter which direction they decide to go, and they've earned that right. And at the same time, there's yep. other quarterbacks going in the portal as we speak, like Malik Murphy just entered the portal from Texas. I'd, I wouldn't mind kicking the tires on that. Yeah, why not? Why not, right? You know, you see the attributes, and if you see what Coach Tokars has been able to do too with, with these quarterbacks, not only as your starter, but your backup as well as being able to develop them and getting the system down too. And that's something that Mike Norvell, getting those two players, and they fit, they can fit the system well, but having the reliability and taking care of the ball is huge for this offense. And, you know, taking care of that running back room that's already coming in. You, you've got a talented room. We were talking about it earlier, but there's so much talent on the outside too. And you look to at the future of the tight end room, wide receiver room, some of the true freshmen that are on the current roster right now with Hakeem Williams also too, with Andreas Jacobs, who we all love, man. I mean, too, look back at Hakeem Williams as well. You know, a few flash plays too this season. Didn't know he had that speed. There, there's so much talent that any quarterback coming in should be kind of licking their chops at. And I'm, I'm really interested to see where these recruitments go. Definitely for Cam Ward when you're battling against an in-state rival like Miami. They're going to throw a lot of money. They have to win. They have to win for Mario Cristobal. They've got to win in 2024 and fight for an ACC championship. Um, and, and DJ, you know, someone that was at Clemson. He knows about Florida State very well. And, you know, him coming down to Tallahassee and taking a visit is is it's a uh, I, I just don't know which one to really go with. Um, like, like you guys said, it's really just about who Mike Norvell and um, Tokars. I think it's they both see the talent in those guys and what they can do inside Florida State's offensive system. But actually getting down to sit and talk with these guys is big, and we know how big that is for also Mike Norvell bringing in guys of this caliber. You're bringing in a, a quarterback, a starting quarterback, you really want to make sure that you're bringing in a player that fits the culture and the mold that this program has been able to fix um, in the last couple of years. So that's another big thing that they've got to take care of. Uh, But yeah, I need to uh, post this Rodney Hill thing to uh, Facebook real quick, but anything else on quarterbacks for you guys, you know, kind of keep an eye on. I know there are also two, some other transfer 
transfer portal targets, Delu that FSU is keeping an eye on and bringing in for some visits. But we're in the midst of a live breaking news type of scenario, and, uh, and here we are. Yeah, and, even and- more breaking news. More breaking news. Trayshawn Ward has committed to Boston College. Wow. Boston College, staying in the ACC. And staying in maroon and gold. Yeah, he is. Similar wow, matching colors, up with wow. a talented quarterback, too. Yeah, not they, quarterbacks, uh, but Florida State did have a couple of transfer defensive ends in Tallahassee last weekend. You had Pittsburgh defensive end transfer Samuel Okanlola, also Georgia Tech defensive end transfer Kyle Kennard come through for their respective official visits. Um, Okanlola declined an interview after his trip to Tallahassee. It sounds like he's going to take a couple more visits before making a decision, but a guy with a lot of upside, three years of eligibility remaining, and his brother actually plays for for Miami, a former five-star offensive tackle. Not sure if they're in the mix in his transfer recruitment, but an extremely talented player. Showed some real flashes there at Pittsburgh as a member of the rotation this past season, and I think someone that Florida State's going to continue to monitor moving forward, a, someone that you could probably call a top target for them at the position right now. And then Kyle Kennard, someone that's played – uh, more football than Okanlola been been at Georgia Tech since um, 2020, and I believe has a year or two of eligibility remaining. But he he got to meet with uh, JP, um, Coach Odell, Coach Norvell during the visit to Tallahassee. W- was there for about a day and a half or so, and brought some members of his family. And you know, like a lot of transfers, they're not really focused on you know the flashiness. They're they're there to get down to business. And he wanted to hear about how Florida State's going to be able to develop him and they actually had Jared Verse speak with him a little bit you know Verse himself a transfer defensive end who came into Tallahassee and now is probably going to be a first round pick during the NFL draft in April so you got to wonder if that conversation had any type of impact on Kennard really stressed the legacy that Florida State has with developing these transfers and also you know just the history of this program putting defensive ends into the NFL. So this is another one. Kennard said that he too is going to take some more visits. Didn't want to name any potential destinations, but said a decision could come in the next week or so. So it seems like probably within 10 days, we should be knowing uh, his next destination. But this is another one where Florida State right in the thick of it for an edge defender. Yeah, they definitely need one. Versus leaving, you know, whatever's going on with Pat Payton, I, I think he's coming back, but you still need someone opposite him. I don't think Florida State wants to go to an edge by committee with Gilbert Edmond and Byron Turner and, you know, maybe Boots has put on enough weight and we'll see what else happens there. But they need someone that at least has production that they could put on that side right now. And, you know, Kennard and I'm not even going to – you said the guy's name for Pitt. I'm not going to try it. Um, but between the two of them, they're solid players that they have production and they still have potential and can make an impact. I wouldn't be upset with either of them. At the same time, I think there's going to be some – bigger names that enter the portal over this next week or two that Florida State may be more interested in. Like we saw Marvin Jones Jr. enter the portal this week. We'll see if Florida State decides to pursue there, but there will be some names, and Florida State will get a guy that fits them. Yeah, it's due diligence, and there's some other guys out there that Florida State has expressed interest in, just haven't been able to set up official visits just yet. And, you know, like you said, Austin, Marvin Jones Jr., a Florida State legacy who – committed to the Georgia Bulldogs over the Seminoles back in that 2022 recruiting cycle. 
now in the transfer portal after two years in Athens. And you've got to think with Florida State, as you just said, needing um, at least one body. And it seems like multiple guys really to come in in that defensive end room to make an impact next year. Could this be a potential spot for Jones Jr. to land, follow in his father's footsteps and then start to have a bounce back and, you know, really show off that five star potential that he had back in high school. It seemed like maybe he was playing a little bit out of position in Georgia, playing an outside linebacker in a three, four scheme would be able to get back to the traditional defensive end spot going into uh, Adam Fuller's defense. And, you know, he's had some injuries down there in Georgia that kind of, that kind of limited him this past off season leading up to the 2023 season. But there's a ton of talent there. Florida State has the previous relationship, the ties to his dad and, you know, he played at American Heritage in high school and at the time was actually coached by current Florida State defensive backs coach, Pat Sertan. Mm. Yeah, that's a good nugget there. Something worth noting because, too, you know, there's so many ties with Marvin Jones Jr. here. And I think a lot of the Georgia beat too immediately think of Florida State here. So uh, we'll see. I think I think there's some some. We got to get here back on, on a visit again, but, you know, don't have to do too much of educating Marvin Jones Jr. on what you know, the Florida state program is bringing in. I know it's good too, to see it, it, it's, it's such a interesting situation too, because Florida state's facing against Georgia here mm-hmm. in this orange yeah. bowl. So it's, 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 it's pretty funny how, how life works, but it was a wild recruitment that we were covering for a while. And, you know, Marvin Jones jr. Thought highly of Florida state there at the end. And they did quite about as much as they could in that recruitment, but ended up going Kirby smart. But like you said, it's not fitting correctly. And what uh, maybe uh, scheme wise at Marvin Jones, could be playing and, and better under Adam Fuller, what Coach JP does at defensive end position, and what you could look forward to playing time-wise, too, which Florida State obviously loses at Jared Verse after this season. And it's I, a I will little... say, Marvin, I will say Marvin started to finally play some more down the stretch. You know, he was really only getting 10, 15 snaps for the first half of the season, then the last four games – 26 snaps against Ole Miss, 23 against Tennessee, and then 30-plus against Georgia Tech and Alabama. So he finally started to see playing time. But he still wasn't really being rotated in as a pass rusher. I mean, just I think his highest opportunity was eight pass rushing snaps in a game. I feel like he's too talented to be that limited. I feel like Florida State would give him that chance. Yeah, actually made his first career start um, in that SEC championship loss to Alabama finish the season. We'll see if he plays in the bowl game, but right now has accumulated 12 tackles, 4.5 tackles for loss and a sack. But I think that's why Florida State, you know, you look at some of these recruitments that have went down to the wire where Florida State has lost out. And this one, a little bit of um, a different case since Jones Jr. is a legacy to Florida State. But, you know, when, when some of these guys hit the transfer portal that Florida State originally originally lost out on, that's why these uh, high school recruitments and these pre pre-existing relationships are so important and, you know, potentially these second recruitments. It didn't quite work out um, with Mims, but Florida State was able to get him on campus when he entered the transfer portal from Georgia uh, back, you know, whenever that whole saga went down. <laughs> and it's, it'll be something to watch over the next couple of years because Florida State, they've been in it with a lot of highly touted players across the country, and it just hasn't quite worked out. But when these guys hit the portal and look for new homes, Florida State, right there, ready to take them in. Mm-mm-mm. Man, this this transfer portal craziness is – I thought recruiting was wild, but, man, oh, man, whenever you're able to build these relationships like what we're talking about with Marvin Jones Jr. and these guys go on to play for another team and then they open it up and say, hey, 
I'm ready to enter the transfer portal and find somewhere else. Sometimes having those close ties, which I think Mike Norvell has done a really good job, and along with the, the coaching staff, keeping a good relationship and good ties, even after if they pick elsewhere, goes a huge, huge long way. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening there with Marvin Jones Jr., but it would be a, uh, a solid bit for Florida State and a need at that defensive end room. And I'm going to keep on. I'll harp on it every week moving forward, but got to gotta add in some defensive tackle help. <laughs> I mean, now with Florida State players leaving in the transfer portal, like a guy, if it does end up happening with Malcolm Ray, got to start finding some extra help there on the inside moving forward. That's something that Florida State's got to do, not only in the high school recruiting trail, but going to have to pursue that in the transfer portal um, this offseason. Hell, right now you're looking at four scholarship defensive tackles on the roster who are eligible to return next year. And who knows Who knows what Daryl Jackson and Joshua Farmer are going to do. They're, <laughs> they're, ha- they're half of those numbers I'm talking about. Yeah, literally. And you yeah, haven't even been able to see find another, You'd love to find another bait and fisk if possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are very rare to come by. Uh, but we'll see what Odell Hagens and Adam Fuller are able to do. Um, but speaking of recruiting, I want to jump into some recruiting talk here, gentlemen. Big weekend, Florida State going to be hosting uh, some some big time Florida State commits, also some targets. But KJ Bolden, someone that uh, Florida State actually went and visited with earlier this week, and did a home visit. But KJ Bolden, Auburn's pursuing very hard here, uh, and Florida State still has him. Still has him committed, but uh, got to see a lot of the coaching staff go visit him. Also got Cam Davis, Florida State's prize running back commit in that 2024 class. Uh, maybe some other names, D. Lou, that you could mention and throw to me on uh, what some FSU fans should be looking into this upcoming weekend. Yeah, right now it looks like uh, six high school official visitors are going to be in Tallahassee this weekend. There's been a couple cancellations over the last 48 hours. But right now, the guys coming in, all of them are actually committed to Florida State. You've got five-star safety, K.J. Bolden, who, like you said, uh, Florida State trying to hold off Auburn and Georgia here down the stretch. So definitely big to have him uh, finally come in for his official visit on the final weekend before the dead period leading up to uh, early signing day. You've also got four-star defensive end Armando Blunt, uh, who flipped to FSU from Miami a couple months ago. Hurricanes are still here trying to make a late push, get him to flip back and stay home. And another one, you know, it's good that Forsay to save this OV for right now to have him here instead of in Coral Gables. And outside of that, some guys who have been committed and are solid with the Seminoles going into the early signing period, which is um, four-star running back Cam Davis, four-star cornerback Jamari Howard, who just committed uh, a couple a couple weeks ago, um, four-star wide receiver Luane McCoy, who's been pledged FSU since back in the spring, and then also four-star offensive tackle Manasi Aititi, who flipped to Florida State from USC a little bit back. So those guys are also coming in for their OVs. We mentioned the transfer quarterbacks earlier. Uh, we'll see if there's any more additions leading up to Friday. But right now, the two biggest is just keeping K.J. Bolden and Armando Blunt in the fold to you know end off what has been a very successful recruiting cycle so far for Florida State. I was going to mention, too, I was, saw Jordan Travis. He posted on one of his socials of him being back in Tallahassee. I wonder if he's going to do any kind of recruiting. I would imagine if he's in town, 
obviously going through some big time rehab there, but I would imagine that he'd be sitting down with the, these quarterbacks coming in and, you know, really being transparent of what this program's about, how they've done their climb and just the expectation of Mike Norvell and how things are ran in Tallahassee. And I would imagine he's been doing a lot of recruiting pitches, just like Jared Verse did uh, this past mm-hmm. weekend as well. But that's just great. That, that'd be huge for Florida State. You know, that, it's a massive recruiter, but just to sit down with these guys and really just lay out what it's like to be a starting quarterback and, and Tallahassee and what is called upon you in a lot of different ways and a lot of that is too big time big time leadership in that locker room Uh, that's something that Jordan Travis kind of had to develop on his own wasn't expected to be where he is now I think and you know he had to work on that and that's something that I think he's gonna you know relay to these guys that are that are visiting that are veterans they've been in multiple locker rooms but for for these two talented guys uh, that would be huge to have, have Jordan Travis there with them on the recruiting weekend. I'd be Lisa, surprised. If you want to follow the visits like we do in recruiting, sometimes Jordan Travis does have an event planned at the vintage store picked in Tallahassee on Friday. So mm-hmm. maybe they're using him to push more on DJ. We'll see. And if he's, if he is in Tallahassee, I'd be surprised if, if he doesn't do his part to kind of, throw his hat in the ring and, you know, talk to these guys about his decision and why he thinks they should continue their respective careers um, in Tallahassee. I actually noticed, I think it was either yesterday or the day before, but Jordan Travis started following Cameron Ward on Instagram. And then, you know, 48 hours later, here we are with the news that he'll be coming to Tallahassee for an official visit. So Jordan Travis, like Jared Burst, you know, those are two guys that love Florida State, love this coaching staff. And, have done whatever they've been needed to do on and off the field during their time with Florida State to help the program get better in a multitude of ways. So we got a question here. We're talking about talking about it in the production meeting, but I think it's worth speaking here on it. Jeremiah Smith, number one ranked player in the 2024 class, really, really, really talented wide receiver. Florida State has been pushing here to make a flip from Ohio State to the Seminoles. We're talking about it. D. Lou and you know I think Florida State's going to do as much as they can here to potentially get that flip, but kind of more leaning towards this is just going to be one of those wild, wild early signing day kind of frenzies. You never know. I mean, Florida State—they've given it their best shot. <clears throat> they purposely saved that official visit to host Jeremiah Smith. You know, this late in the recruiting cycle to kind of get some momentum here. And, you know, it looks like in this case, it kind of worked out exactly how Florida State wanted, where you bring in him, you bring him in for an official visit right after, you know, he's already in town for the state championships, which uh, he absolutely dominated to uh, get a ring to close out. Well, actually, they're going to have one more game. That's why – so he can't visit anywhere this weekend because his high school is playing in, in basically like a national championship uh, type of game against another highly regarded high school. So – they're going to be playing this weekend. He's not going to be able to go to another school. So Florida State actually ended up getting what looks like the final visit to a school before Jeremiah Smith signs on December 20th. So I really think Florida State's done everything they can here with you know, Mike Norvell and Ron Dugans and this entire coaching staff making a big push for Jeremiah Smith. And you've seen the production on the field with Johnny Wilson last two years, Keon Coleman leading the ACC in touchdowns and coming in and having a huge year during his his one season, likely one season in Tallahassee. He hasn't declared yet, but we're expecting him to. So I think Florida State, 
they've given it their best shot and you know we're gonna see where everything falls uh a week from today i always think it's interesting you know when a prospect who's been committed to somewhere for a while um jeremiah smith you know you can see committed to ohio state since december of last year but when they go into these signing days and they're still going to make an announcement. That's that's always interesting to me. It seems like it's going to come down to Florida State uh, Miami, and Miami trying to flip him from his commitment to Ohio State. I think FSU has the better shot to do so as of now, and you know we'll see if they're able to make one last push here and, and kind of get it over the top these next seven days. Uh, there's also a question here about bowl game practices. When does that begin? We've got word today on the schedule for Florida State, and they'll be hitting the practice fields in preparation to face Georgia next week. They're going to be uh, practicing on Tuesday around 10 o'clock, kind of around that same time frame as they did earlier in the season. And then they'll go through uh, and start their preparations then. But they're going to begin practice and bowl prep officially on Tuesday of next week, which, Dilu, you'll be there in attendance, of course, at the practices. Um, and then we'll also be hearing from Mike Norvell on that Wednesday, the day after the first day of bowl prep, uh, to talk uh, National Signing Day. Yeah, Florida State's been having some practices, but – They'll finally let us back out there next week after nearly a, a three-week hiatus. And um, like you said, we got to open practice on Tuesday and Thursday. FSU is going to practice on Wednesday, but it'll be closed. Uh, we're going to speak with Norvell and likely some of the assistants, I would imagine, for the early signing day stuff. And you know, then it'll be on to game week in Fort Lauderdale. It's all coming. It's all coming real quick. I, yeah, I know. And I was going to say, too, you going to these practices is going to be actually pretty big for you. It's going to feel like going to NFL practices here with the Bucks. Who's available? Who's not? Who's actually there? Who's intending on playing? Who's practicing? You know, too bad. I can't tell you. Of, I know. Right. You can't tell. Can't really, I guess, tell the fans unless, though, you see Keon Coleman come in. Helmet pads. He's practicing. Get on video. Boom. Get up on socials. <laughs> And then also too, I think I think there's a plethora. People want to know if Pat Payton, if Pat Payton comes up, he's practicing. Still got a week till you'll be at least go view Tuesday's practice. But is a guy like Rodney Hill, yeah, intending uh, to be on being out there? You know, there's a lot of question marks going into this this bowl game prep on players intending on playing in this Orange Bowl because we haven't specifically heard outside of Johnny Wilson, who said he's opting out of the orange ball. There hasn't been any official word from other players. And I think that's something I'm intrigued by of, you know, seeing who y'all end up uh, getting out there and actually suiting up to practice next week. That's what makes this uh, such a fun time. And, you know, I remember last year Florida state had, what was it? 15 guys or so entered during the winter window about where we are right now. And the majority of those players ended up, staying with Florida State, going through the bowl game practices, and then uh, dressing out for the cheese bowl I think there was even a couple who ended up playing in that game against Oklahoma. So it seems like as of now, the majority of guys who have announced their intentions to move on are probably going to stick with FSU um, and finish things out through this game um, in the Orange Bowl against Georgia. I did, I did clarify um, C.J. Campbell specifically informed me that he will still be with the team even though he's exploring his options elsewhere right now, was on an official visit to Florida Atlantic over the weekend. So 
we'll we'll see what happens. That's that's what makes this so fun. Everything is just it's kind of it's fluid. It's a toss up. It it's like this one day, but it's like that the next day. And you know, can't wait for the window to be over. Mm-hmm. Hey, it creates for some entertainment. I know Florida State fans after what they had to deal with the week and a half ago almost two weeks now uh, would like some relaxation and just enjoy some nice bowl game prep and, and have a lot of their stars and their starters play against Georgia, because I think a lot of FSU fans kind of curious, of course, you don't have Jordan Travis and you're not going to have Johnny Wilson, but you're kind of curious of what Florida state would look like against a, a program like Georgia and what they can bring definitely defensively what Florida state showed in that ACC championship. And, and I would, I think, you know, we're, we're really caught up in the college football playoff, but Florida State's got to play in an orange ball. They've got to play against Georgia, and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how they match up against the Bulldogs and seeing where FSU is at a program. And like I said, it's hard to like really get a true test because you don't have that game-changing quarterback in Jordan Travis. But still, if you just want to look specifically on the defensive side, man, I'm, I'm really, really intrigued what they end up uh, putting out there for us in a couple weeks when we're down there in Miami. Uh, let's jump into some uh, really, really fun stuff here. And we won't spend too much time on it because, Visa, you're sick anyways. <laughs> Leonard Hamilton's making you sick. In more ways than one. Yeah. USF comes from Tampa, and they come uh, – uh, they, they, they beat Leonard Hamilton 88-72. Uh, I'm uh, not – it's kind of it's kind of the point, old yeller, nope. old yeller. You know, if you haven't watched that, maybe go ahead and watch it. You'd probably get the gist of what I'm bringing up here, but it's over. I, I refuse to acknowledge it's over. that game. That uh, I I just don't think that USF game happened. I just want to get it out of my mind. It's been a bad December on just all fronts. If if we're being 100 percent honest, ready to just get to January. Just ready for it. Um, I'm convinced nothing good is going to happen this month, just at all. So that's where I'm standing right now. I, the only thing I really want to talk about when it comes to basketball is uh, there was a court ruling in the case of Ohio versus the NCAA that will allow any pl- any multi-time transfer immediate eligibility for at least the next two weeks until December 27th when they have another hearing. It's a temporary restraining order. So that'll give a guy like Primo Spears the chance to be able to play. Whether Coach Hamilton plays him or not, still up in the air. This really just came down you know, a few hours ago. But the NCAA said they're not going to retroactively punish anybody or declare them ineligible if they play in these next few games over this couple of weeks. So I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully we can see Primo on the floor because I really just want to see someone that can score the basketball because uh, we just haven't seen that. USF was so physical with Florida State. And they just they couldn't get anything going. They couldn't get passes side to side. They couldn't get downhill. And they simply need a guy like Primo Spears that can get up shots. We had one good episode of basketball this season, and yeah, I think that's all we're gonna have. Yeah. I'll, I'll say I'll say one and a half because I I said I was drinking the Kool Aid before the Florida game, and then <laughs> after the Colorado game, I was pretty excited. Um, so I'll say one and a half, but yeah, it's it's gone downhill quickly. And I, it's tough. just just a uh, spoiler warning: it's not going to get any better Saturday. SMU's got a really really good defense, and I'm probably at the point where I was last season, where I'm just going to pick them to lose every single game until they prove me otherwise. Yeah, you got SMU, and then you got North Florida coming in. Who did North Florida beat FSU last year? Yep. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> love how even, uh, I love how Logan knows. 
He he knew before I knew. I know like one of the players on their team. So I've tried to put last season out of my mind. Um, They did not play UNF last year, so you lied, Logan. Two years ago, it was two years ago though. And two years ago, at home, Florida State won that game. It was closer than it needed to be. But they did win that game two years ago. So don't 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 really? get on here and start lying, Logan. It's not a good look. Dustin led me into it. Dustin led me into it. I thought that they did. Yeah. They lost to. They lost to UCF. And Stetson and Siena. Team in Florida, yeah, maybe it was yeah, Stetson. Stetson's in oh, the land. Yeah, trust. Mm-hmm. I've been to Stetson's campus. It is terrible. I can't believe that is quite a team to lose to. Yeah, I wasn't very happy about it. Like last year was just a shock. Like it, I wasn't mad. I was physically mad at the USF game. Uh, let me flip this real quick. Then we'll end it off here. But Herb Street put out a tweet earlier this evening. Uh, this is from Chris on Facebook. How about the Herb Street Twitter rant crying session? And yeah, Kirk Herb Street took full advantage of how many characters he could put into Twitter. And you knew it was coming too. I mean, he was getting blasted by FSU fans, awesome, a lot of college football fans too. But uh, Kirk Herbstreet here for our audio listeners. I know our live stream people viewing in can see what he tweeted. But uh, this is Kirk Herbstreet. I don't really think I'm going to go through all of this. But, I was going to say, uh, please do. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to go through all this. Yeah. And in summary here, he is quote tweeting someone. That is talking about, obviously, FSU and Alabama, how Florida State didn't get into the college football playoff. And he says, Alabama is better, full caps, and a couple of exclamation points. Uh, So is Texas, so is Michigan, so is Washington, so is Oregon, so is Georgia. Uh, He says he watches 10 to 15 games a week, live from September to early December. Uh, He's talking about the most deserving if the college football playoff wants to switch up things and put in the most deserving, then Florida State would be in there. But Florida State isn't the best four. He brings up some days of Bobby Bowden, also to just the brand that Kirk Herbstreet loves a ton. And, you know, he he hates that an undefeated Florida State team has been left out of the college football playoff. And uh, I, I ended think up with, I'm a just... big fan of Coach Norvell and his team and wish the Knowles nothing but the best. Here's – I'll say a few things before my voice goes out on me. How can you say all these teams are better than Florida State when Florida State was fifth? But yeah, you have Oregon – you say Oregon and Georgia and all of them are better. If, you're, if it's fact, because that was the big thing a few days ago was Florida State hates facts and they hate information. If all these teams are better, then why is Florida State fifth? Mm-hmm. This is not this is not facts. Because we have a human committee, it is opinions. Who you think is the best is an opinion. There's no facts to, to, to drive this. Besides the fact that Alabama lost the game and Florida State didn't, but I digress, and that's all I'll say. The only thing that I've got to add on it is just tell PETA I'm kicking a dog. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> where's, where's Mike Vick when you need him? All right, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude. Oh man, it's been yeah you know, too much <laughs> for our new listeners or viewers. Yeah, this isn't our usual type of uh, show. No, but no, honestly, I think a lot of FSU fans wouldn't want to 
mind us getting a hall pass there on a few things that have been said on the show the last couple of weeks because they've also probably thought about it but enough with the dog tweets i'm ready to unfollow them i already didn't like it at first and the funny thing was like it was it was starting to die down like slowly like the pressure wasn't there all the way like it was for like the past week and a half and he tweets that full blast again we're back at it baby the train rolls on Put some more coals in there, and it's ready to go. Florida State's fan base is all over Kirk Herb Street right now, and, and a handful of other analysts too that have switched to Greg, Greg McElroy. We we didn't really have time to talk about what analyst thoughts and such, and maybe we'll talk about that next week. But or you could just read my article. A lot of analysts a lot of switching up, man. Or yeah, read your read your article, the column that we put on nolgamey.com. was definitely a piece that I think a lot of FSU fans would relate to at and the same time. Kirk is building that shield because I'm pretty sure he just put up a couple of days ago. He, he got a new puppy, so now oh. we gotta we gotta add multiple dogs to. Oh, I think uh, he has. Like, he has like four dogs. I think Ben's the one that travels. It's right here, four days ago. Here's Big Ben meeting his new puppy for the first time. Great. Yeah, but I think he has other dogs as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just not to rile anybody up. It's already eight o'clock. People need to have their dinners and enjoy the rest of their evenings and finish off their week and some peace. But Kirk Herbstreet not really helping himself there. But you just knew that eventually that he would snap. And he kind of did on the Pat McAfee show mm-hmm. a little while ago. Um, talking about a lot of, uh, didn't want to name the group of people, but definitely Florida State fans or any kind of college football fans in favor that Florida state got snubbed and screwed, you know, down that a lot of people are bitching literally unquote bitching about it. So and just, uh, uh, just to pivot quickly, looks like mm. LJ, LJ McRae just put up a post and Florida state did the in-home visit tonight. Mike Norvell, JP, Adam Fuller, um, coach Odell and Pat Sertan all there for that one. So, I guess they were in L.J. McRae's living room whenever the Rodney Hill news went down. Mike Norvell's smile in this picture looks like he's smiling through the pain a little bit. <laughs> he's had a few of those. Like I said earlier, a lot of this stuff happens when coaches aren't in town and should be a pretty interesting weekend before bowl prep begins next week. I wish Crazy I was there. A couple of weeks. Yeah. Gonna, it's I one of those days where we're only you, getting started. It's one of those days where you walk into practice, you printed out your roster, and you're looking around, like checking, like, all right, he's here, he's here, he's here. <laughs> Who's here? Who wants to play football for Florida State, where you just won 13 games, went undefeated, got an ACC championship? Come on, man. Come on. Someone's got to want to play, right? I think some things will be handled. And honestly, not just maybe the coaching staff, but hopefully some of these leaders in the room. Um, sit down with some of these guys and, and figure some things out. But yeah, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. Also, too, before you guys leave on YouTube, smack that like button. Appreciate everybody. If you're new here, we go live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. We'll be giving some practice observations next week. So make sure you guys tune into this one. It's probably going to be a, a big show for that. So make sure you guys tune in for that. We'll be here live at 7. And as always, you can just follow this podcast on itunes google play spotify if you're on youtube right now feel free to hit that like button subscribe so you get notified every time we release a new episode but yeah 
appreciate everybody hanging out with us this evening. Y'all have a great rest of y'all's week. And like I said, make sure you're staying tuned to NoelGameBay.com. There's tons of stories dropping, transfer portal, recruiting, recruiting visits, interviews, big news stories, everything imaginable as we get prepared for Florida State to take on Georgia and the Orange Bowl. Everybody have a great rest of y'all's week. Peace. Five, same color t-shirt